Welcome to Millennial Minds with activist, model, preacher, and public figure, Yasmeen Yazzie Speaks Arrington. Definitely have the voice of the young people in mind. Join her as she sits down with artists, content creators, business owners, and community activists to get their stories. We'll hear the millennial perspective straight from the crafters of the culture sculpting our today and tomorrow. And now here's your host, Yazzie Speaks. You are listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and online at dcradio.gov. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. Today we have a very special guest, Mary Blackford, who is the founder of Market 7, and she's from DC. Welcome, Mary. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor, honor to have you on the show. And first of all, congratulations on winning the Essence and Pine Salt Build Your Legacy contest. Thank you so very much. I am so excited to be the winner of the competition. And thank you for all of your support in that as well. You um, really advocated for us online. So thank you so much. Um, and after- yes, I voted for you, girl. I, I was voting. I, was, I had them signing up, Facebook, everything. <laughs> Yes, 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 my pleasure. And we'll talk, we'll definitely talk more about the contest later. When I first learned about the work that you're doing in DC on, I I watch a lot of NBC4 and I saw your story, literally tears began to roll down my eyes. Like I was so happy and excited to see your story and to see the work that you're doing in in DC. Um, And I was so happy to see that you're a millennial you're, you're young, you're an African-American woman um, solving this issue of food deserts uh, that has been a long time issue, particularly in Ward 7 and 8 in the district. And I was even happier when I learned that you won. Uh, food deserts in, in some of the districts, historically African-American communities, uh, is has been persistent. And, you know, gentrification in the city has really exacerbated a lot of the poverty and and some of our of our needs, and I'm grateful that you're solving this for entire communities and and also helping to elevate and promote black owned businesses while you're doing it. So kudos to you, Mary. Oh well, thank you so very much. Yeah, we're working hard to alleviate a lot of the issues around food deserting, food apartheid in the city. So I'm glad that we can talk about that today. Most definitely, most definitely. So Mary, without further ado, please introduce yourself to us. Tell us where you're from and why you founded Market 7 DC. Yeah. So again, I'm Mary Blackford. I'm the founder of Market 7. Market 7 is a community marketplace that features Black-owned businesses for the purpose of alleviating food deserts in Ward 7 in Washington, D.C. And we began about three years ago, 2017. I moved back home from college. I went to college in the Boston area and I came back home and became a vegetarian. And it was quite an eye opener and a change for me. And I learned rather quickly how much we did not have access to fresh foods, fresh veggies and fresh fruits and things like that in our community. And I found myself traveling to other wards and other parts of the city to get food. And I was paying about eight to $10 in a Lyft or an Uber each way. So about $20 round trip to go and get groceries. And I was wondering to myself, is everyone going through this issue or is it just me? Because that that adds up at the end of the month with your grocery bill. And so uh, I learned rather quickly that a lot of people were suffering like that. And we didn't have as many grocery stores east of the river as in other parts of the 
city. And so I started to ask around, little ambitious me, <laughs> to community mm-hmm. stakeholders and um, officials in the city about how we could just get a better grocery store, more grocery stores east of the river. And I wanted to really advocate for that. And they were saying, you know, Mary, what you are asking for, the sort of retail that you're looking for is just not going to be attractive or attracted to the community because of the area medium income per household. It's far too low to attract wow. the sort of retailers that you're talking about. And so the only way to change that would be to raise tax bases in the community. But essentially, that's gentrifying the community. So our yeah. options were to stay without or to gentrify the community. And to me, that just wasn't enough of a solution. And so mm. I thought back to my time in college, I did a teaching program in Ghana. And I remember when I was teaching there, I taught entrepreneurship in high, in high school in Ghana. And I remember- Where, where in Ghana? In Sekundi and Takarati, that area. And okay, wow. when I was there, I remember seeing centralized marketplaces and community uh, mm-hmm. where farmers, food makers, people who made things for your hair, skin and nails, so fabrics, they would all come together and make these centralized community markets. And the communities that I taught in, they weren't rich at all, but they had autonomy of their communities through their centralized marketplaces. And I said, you know, we could come together as a community and do something very similar. And I was very inspired by that example of cooperative economics. And so I reached out to Black businesses that were here, urban farmers who were here, and said, let's come together and make our own alternative marketplaces. And so Market 7 was born. In summer of 2017, we popped up uh, we did we do series we do week, we do weekly series that last for a certain amount of time in the summer and the fall um, and we did a pop up and over the last three years we've worked with sixty that's six zero sixty black owned wow. in the area to create alternative pop up markets in Ward Seven to help alleviate some of the uh, disparities that we're experiencing with food access and retail access as well. And so now we are developing, over time, we're developing a 7,000 square foot food hall that will exist in the Ward 7 community that will uh, include a community grocer and stall spaces that feature foods from across the diaspora. That's Africa, the Caribbean, the Americas, Black-owned businesses that will Mm -hmm. provide these food offerings to the community at large. So we are very excited about what's to come. Uh, we uh, entered the contest uh, with Essence and Pine Saw to raise funds, and we're still raising funds for the project. And we are very excited about the win um, because that money goes into furthering the development of our space and inside our construction, which is a barrier to entry for a lot of people in retail, particularly food businesses. And so we're so happy mm-hmm. because investing in Market 7 in this way and any investment in Market 7, you're not just investing in, in Market 7, but it, we represent a collective of businesses. And so that grant and any funds and any resources that pour into Market 7 pour into a community and an ecosystem of Black businesses that are really trying to advocate for change. Wow. Wow. Yes, that's yes, you go girl. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. You just said a lot and what you're building is certainly an ecosystem and I love the fact that you took what you were learning uh in undergrad and and even maybe graduate school and and went to Ghana. How long were you in Ghana when you were teaching? Yeah, we did it just over uh, our winter course. So when we had winter break, we went to Ghana and we taught a course. So it was just one single course that I taught. And I did another program, an entrepreneur, over a summer in South Africa. So that was um, Babson, the college I went to was Babson College. And they have these courses where you can go during your breaks to go teach in other 
Is it like a winter term? Winter term. Winter term. And then we do summer as well. So just a, a few weeks in each of those places, just teaching a single course. But then we would also, I remember when we were in Ghana too, we also, we taught in the classroom, but then we also would go to some of the churches that were in the area at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would talk to some of the adult entrepreneurs who also needed solution and they would just come and talk to us about certain things that they were um, thinking about with their small businesses. And we would provide um, just feedback on, you know, things that they may be thinking about marketing tactics or how to grow in terms of supplier and things like that. And we would talk to them about solutions that they can employ um, with their business. That's amazing. This is really phenomenal. And I love how you applied even something that you learned and noticed while in Ghana, seeing the marketplaces. And I actually, like you, I went to Elon University in North Carolina and uh, I was taking a traditional West African dance. And I was a part of his, his inaugural group. His name is Jason Kingsley Arye. And we, you know, our first stop, of course, was Accra and we traveled through the different regions of Ghana. We danced, you know, for that month for January. Um, And I remember seeing the marketplaces Um, and I I remember purchasing some, you know, Ankara cloth to get some dresses handmade at the markets and um, the fresh fruits and everything. So I, I just love how you thought about how you could apply that concept to a very real issue in our communities. And also, you know, it sounded like you asked around to figure out, you know, if other people, you, you identified something that you, you know, the fact that you couldn't find the fresh fruits and the items that you needed that you were looking for in your community and had to travel outside of the community, which was another expense. And honestly, Mary, too, you know, gentrification, as you know, is pushing uh, a lot of African-Americans and people of color further out from, you know, the main city in the DMV, Washington, D.C. And we are going further and further out in, in places in Maryland, Virginia, some of which also are food deserts, you know, that lack some of the resources, whether it's hospitals, you know, easy access to hospitals and grocery stores where you on, you may only have one main grocery store that you have to drive you know, several miles to get to. So my hope is that eventually you'll be able to even further expand uh, Market 7. Yeah, that's what we want to do as well. So Market 7 is certainly going to be a model for a number of different opportunities that we could utilize in other spaces that, of course, experience food apartheid. And and I want to always speak to food apartheid because desert kind of seems like it's kind of a natural occurrence. Like it just kind of something that popped mm-hmm. up. But apartheid really speaks to the long history of discriminatory practices against communities of color, particularly black communities that leave us out of economic opportunities that make our communities more viable to get sustainable retailers. So I want to make sure we always kind of address that. And there are several food apartheids that are across our nation. And we would love to, of course, um, yeah. employ Market 7 in those markets as well. So exciting. Wow. And you're te- you're teaching me. Okay. So instead of saying a food desert, it's really a, an apartheid. You said a, a food apartheid? A food apartheid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I'm curious why the name Market 7? Like where, where did that idea come from? This is such an interesting story because <laughs> it's not much of a story at all. Um, I was incubating the idea 
And I remember I was um, I was working with a friend of mine at the time who was helping me kind of think through the idea and just year one of the pop-up and what it was going to look like. And in incubation mode, we kept referring to it as just like, okay, the market, the market. But I'm like, we have to call it something, even in test mode. We, let's call it something. We have, we'll come up with a name later. And I, we were just like, you know, market, it's a market. It's in Ward 7. Let's just call it Market 7 in, in, in uh. stage. And we were working so hard and there was so much going on that we never came back to doing a name. We were just like, okay, we're just going to call it Market 7. That's just what it is. And it just stuck. And we always said, oh, we'll come back. Maybe after year one, we'll come back and we'll call it something else. Or when we get bigger, we'll call it something else. But Market 7 just stuck and everybody seems to like it. And I said, well, I guess we're Market 7. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I mean, it works. But um, yeah, no, it, it works. I like it. And and a lot of times that's how ideas, you know, names of businesses and things just come about in conversation or you know, trying to figure things out as a social entrepreneur, you kind of just make it up as you go, sort of. But um, it works and it's memorable and it makes sense. You know, Ward 7, Market 7. This is just really, really, I just love this idea um, and, and what you're doing and what you're building. Um, and what what are some of the types of businesses that have been featured in when you were doing the series and the pop-up markets and, and, you know, sort of the businesses you expect to see in your, in this uh, 7,000 square foot permanent marketplace. Yeah. So we had quite a mixture of different sorts of businesses that were in our pop-up. So we had urban farmers come out like Brown Girl Pop, which is a collective of Black women who come together and they have kind of mixture of like retail goods, things for you, like your hair, skin and nail at home, as well as they offer farm goods. So produce. And so they come, they do these beautiful tables. If you're ever on our Instagram at Market 7 DC and scroll down far enough to year one, you'll see Jennifer Lumpkin, who is the farmer in that collective. Like she does these beautiful tables of produce, like literally something that looks like out of a magazine. Mm. sets up all the produce and she brings a, a bountiful mix and they also do like stews and things so they would show people how you can utilize the things they pick from the farm and make things like stews and chilies and things oh, nice. and so it was a really great opportunity to kind of demo for the community like this is what a healthy meal looks like and it doesn't cost a whole bunch of money and so oh, that's that was really great to have them to have Jude's farm stand and I know he worked with um, East Capital Urban Farms here in the district to bring out some food, Black Farmer. Uh, we also had packaged um, packaged food providers, uh, makers who made packaged food goods that you can find in stores, and they do other pop-up markets. So uh, Nick and Non, which is a jarred mm-hmm. sauce company. They make tomato sauce. They make um, pesto sauces, things that you can make some really great dishes with, jerk sauce that you can put on like your, your meats and things like that. So they make some really good stuff. And then uh, Soulful, which is, um, they have a, something called uh pimpin season um <laughs> no it's pimpin sauce i'm sorry and they have a sauce. it's a uh, really great it's it's like a like a hot sauce but it's really really good and he has this really dynamic story about how the seeds that are used to grow the peppers for that sauce were passed down and so mm. um it's this really great story of like cooperative economics and passing down something of value so that you can continue to harvest um, and so this is a great tradition within like black farmers and things like that. So he's really, really great. Um, and 
she has that sauce is just amazing. And so we've had just so many different food providers come with really dynamic stories from all over the district. Um, we also had people sell things like Home Essential, like FB Candles. Um, they are mm-hmm. a family run company, three boys who uh, wanted money to buy more video games. And their mom, um, who is an entrepreneur, Selena Gill, um, they said, look, you want money, you got to make money. And so they have created this candle company that is so good. The candles smell so good. And they've been so successful. They've been, they've been everywhere. They are in Macy's online. I know they've done a lot of work with West Elm um, and they've worked with us as well. We've had other skincare brands like Chemo Bentley. And I know she is in Walgreens right now. Um, her stuff is in Walgreens. So I've had people from all over the entrepreneurial ecosystem, people who are already in grocers, people who are just starting out. And so I've seen the gamut of entrepreneurs, people who are still working at home and then people who are in Macy's. So we've had just the collection of different um, people who are in our marketplace and really trying to bring value to our community. So we're so blessed to have them. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. And wow. Like that, that the, all of these success stories, I, I love how, how you're finding these individuals and uh, these entrepreneurs and grocers and farmers uh, and and um, producers, you know, product producers and connecting connecting them with the community. Um, I mean, there's, there's so much richness here. This is just so exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really can't say it enough. Yeah. And so, just to get a little bit further, um, I, I want to kind of go below the surface and learn a little bit more about your personal journey as an entrepreneur, particularly a social entrepreneur, because you are solving multiple social issues. Um, what what made you decide to to do this sort of uh, career change or shift, um, you know, in shifting your energy and focus from, you know, I know you have a background in business management and corp- corporate social responsibility. So what made you step out there and, and uh, start your own business? Yeah, and a background in like social finance. So for me, okay. our work sits at the intersection of sustainable health and sustainable economics. So part of it, of, of course, is uh, making sure that we have a healthier community because what people don't know about the ward is that people in our ward, which is mainly African-American, uh, we die east of the river up to 16 years earlier than people in other parts of the city because mm-hmm. of our relationship that we have with foods. A lot of people are suffering from things like diabetes and other health-related issues that could be solved in part or altogether uh, with a change of diet. So there's a correlation between the, the retail and the food access that we have and our sustainable health. And so what we are finding is that we need to have these kind of food businesses that are offering sustainable goods so that we can have a better quality of life. We um, work diligently to also build strong business, right? And that's always been a part of my life. Um, I started my first business when I was 16. Um, mm-hmm. And I, what was that? <laughs> it was a, um, I started it through a program called the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, and they provide curriculum to middle school and high school students um, all across the country, all across the world, actually. They have global programs as well, and they provide seed money for students to start these businesses. And my first business was a gift basket business. So I would make gift baskets and sell them uh, with all types of things in it. They were all, they were all themed and for the holidays or for sports teams and all these things. And I learned rather quickly about the power of entrepreneurship and how it can be quite transformative for a community and for a person. And I wanted to always um, advocate for Black businesses in particular, because I really think that they could remedy a lot of the economic issues that we have in terms of having resources in our community 
having more jobs for people in our community with our particular circumstances, and then also um, generating more income for the community at large. And so I was always an advocate of coming back and building Black businesses in my community. Um, furthermore, um, I just think people should be able to buy black from black businesses every day. Um, I think you should be able to go into any room in your house and open the cupboard or drawer and see something by a black business, uh, made by a black business, whether it be food or lifestyle products. And I am working diligently to make sure that we are represented in the broader ecosystem of food and lifestyle. And so we have done these pop-ups, um, of course, in Ward 7, but we also have done work in other parts of the world, um, and other parts of the city as well to make sure that black business is represented and we can um, show up. So I am just really trying to get us to a point of scale, making sure that we are accounted for and making sure that black business really has a voice in the greater ecosystem of uh, food and retail. Excellent. Excellent, Mary. And, and are you doing this all by yourself or do you have a team? You know, for a lot of years, it was, it was me. <laughs> and um, I, never I, worked time. I worked full time and did this. Um, and so it was, it was difficult, but you know, like I said, I always like to say, I have 70,000 people on my team. My whole ward is my team. Um, and we get it done. And anytime I need something, I think I can make a phone call and, and it gets done. And so I'm never by myself. Um, I do have a team of people. I have, um, a publicist now who is helping me get the word out. Um, and I have shout out Monique, right? Yes. I also have um, my videographer, Jacob Clark, who has been with me since day one, who has been a videographer, but then also generalist uh, helping me. Um, If I need tables moved, he'll show up with like two of his brothers and help me set up. So Jacob Clark has just been such a a great, um, great part of the Market 7 team from the beginning. Um, But yeah, we, we... when I need help, help shows up. And so I'm never alone. And we've been doing this for the past three years. And it's grown to, to a point of just being uh, an amazing incubation in our ward. And I think it's going to be so transformational. Uh, in terms of- oh, definitely. No doubt. No doubt. It shows, uh, uh, you know, this effort definitely shows the power of community. And so I'm grateful that you have uh, your community behind you. And I, I, I pray that your community will continue to grow of support, will continue to grow as I know that it will. And it's great to notice some of the A1s since day one are still there. So that's a beautiful thing. Um, so Mary, in the last few few minutes that we have, uh, tell us about this Essence and Pine Salt Build Your Legacy contest and um, you know what what you're what you've won and what this will mean for Market Seven. And also what does legacy mean to you or what it, what does it mean to build a legacy or your legacy for that matter? Yeah, so with the Essence and Pine Salt uh, grant, that was a hundred thousand dollar grant um, that Essence of Pintel did uh, to provide to a Black-owned, women-owned business uh, that um, was doing dynamic work in their communities. And we were selected as top three. The last round was a voting round to the public. And what- Do you know how many folks applied? Um, I think it was like 600 applications nationwide. That's crazy. That's amazing. We made top three. Yeah, we made top three. And we, uh, the voting round was started June 1st and we had to get people to vote like crazy. And it was, it was such a interesting marketing, uh, 
opportunity because we we hadn't done a marketing exercise like that <laughs> uh, at all since the inception. And so it was quite an exercise. And we were so blessed to have the support of uh, like NBC4, Fox 5, uh, WUSA mm-hmm. 9. They all had us on. And we work with a number of different people who work with so many um influencers and things like that, just to put our message out there. So I was so blessed to see all the viral tweets, over 30,000 retweets on these old foodie articles. Um, so we, we were just so, even the mayor and the mayor tweeted about you guys too. The mayor tweeted us out as well. We had so many supporters, um, from government, uh, DSLBD, the office of African-American affairs, our deputy Mm -hmm. mayor, um, we had so many people tweeted out. And so just one thank you for everyone. Um, and we did end up winning. So that was just amazing. And we end the deal by uh, giving us an additional um, $50,000. And I heard that. And then also providing um, $15,000 to the runner ups. And I wanted to definitely shout out Black People Will Swim. Um, Polana is the founder mm-hmm. and Tasha. Um, from Financial Garden, because those women are doing some amazing work around athletics and financial literacy in their cities. Uh, Tasha's in Detroit and Alana is in New York, and they are doing some really, really great stuff. So shout out to them. They are awesome women doing some awesome things. Yes, Um, yes. We definitely have to get them on Millennial Minds as well. Yes, you should get them on Millennial Minds. Please follow them. Um, I gave them a shout out in our announcement. So you can go on our Instagram page at Market Seven DC and see our announcement just a few posts back, so you guys can follow them as well. Um, but they're doing some great stuff. Please support them. And then, um, just in terms of our legacy, our legacy is one of survival, of course, but then also getting to a point of scale and thriving and sustaining what we have. We're really trying to build up our Black business ecosystem um, in our communities, and so that is what I really want our legacy to be: is that we helped our tribe survive through business and health, um, and building really good pathways for the next generation of entrepreneurs who want to do the same thing. Very good. Well said. Well said, Mary. And lastly, if you could give one, one token of advice to uh, millennials or people in general who uh, want to be a social entrepreneur and solve a social issue through business, um, what is one piece of advice that you would have for them? Um, get started. I always tell people to plan, test, and do it. You know, um, the time is always now. Um, and we, right now, we're seeing more than ever the kind of the disparities of our community being really um, put out there to the forefront because with things like COVID, you see that African Americans are so affected. Um, and one reason mm-hmm. is because of the social determinants of health within our community. And so there is always time and space to help with solutions for really systemic problems that are going on in our community. So jump in there and you will find community. I know a lot of the times people don't know where the resources and where the tools are, but like I said, my whole community is my resource. I have 70,000 resources, uh, people behind me who will help, uh, help me figure it out. So never think that you are alone. Never think that you don't have um, resources. You know, our whole community is taking a seed and making a 10 course meal. Um, And Mm. that's kind of, african-american manifesto so um we take take nothing and we turn it into a whole lot and we really have the power to do that and so um get started get started and and find your tribe i love it get started and find your tribe the time is now 
says Mary Blackford. Yes. Um, thank you so much, Mary, for being on, on Millennial Minds. Please tell us where we can find you online and social media. Yes, please. If um, we Right now, we are looking for volunteers uh, for Market 7. We are trying to build a street team. We have to get the word out. When COVID opens back up, we'll be doing some street team activities to get the word out. We also have a community working group. So if you are interested in joining, please reach out. Info, I-N-F-O, at market7dc.com. That's info at market7dc.com. For more information, we are also looking for funders. The funding activity has not stopped. This project is quite expensive, millions of dollars in the making. So please, please, please reach out to us at the same email. We also are looking for trainers. We're always looking for ways to build more technical assistance for our entrepreneurs. The more, the merrier. Uh, We have partnership with Google to do um, some web-based training on how to utilize online Google tools to enhance your business. But we're always looking for trainers for all aspects of business. So please feel free to reach out via email as well if you are interested in getting involved. Uh, you can also reach out to us and follow us. So you can follow the movement. We update on our construction and what's going on with our business. We post on our Twitter and social media so and Instagram as well. So follow us at Market the Number 7 DC on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much, Mary, and congratulations and onward and upward. Thank you so much. You have a lovely one. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it so much. Most definitely. Most definitely. You have been listening to Millennial Minds with Yazzie Speaks on DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and online at dcradio.gov. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace. You've been listening to Millennial Minds with activist, model, preacher, and public figure, Yasmeen Yazzie Speaks Harrington. For more information, visit yazzieharrington.com or dcradio.gov. 